0: have. Amen? We are absolutely thrilled that Brother Huntley has agreed to come be with us here. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Yeah. Uh, if you have ever heard Brother Huntley preach, your life has been changed. And interestingly enough, uh, I think of some of the message. I could still tell you some of the messages Brother Huntley preached when I was a student one of our colleges and impacted my life as he has so many others we are thrilled that he's come to st louis to be with us tonight we want him to come and preach the word of the lord would you welcome brother huntley man let's ask him to have his liberty tonight and everybody said praise the lord have mercy what preaching we've heard tonight give a hand clap to the Lord for the wonderful word we've already heard one of the beautiful things about being 69 years old I know you don't believe that but now Brother Cawthorne believes that I remember when he preached for me when he was a very young man and I'm thrilled at what God is doing and uh, is the fact that there is a point where without being disrespectful, crude or rude, unthankful, you realize that you're really not trying out for another camp or trying out for another conference but you have the liberty to say what you feel to preach. So, I'm not trying out for anything else, but I'm amazed at the preaching of our General Superintendent. What an incredible, marvelous message. And this young lady that stood here tonight seriously intimidated me. I told Brother Jones, I said, if if I'd have been at her age, and I had to stand before this crowd, I think I would have passed out. I remember when Brother Beckton came in one time to hear me preach and I about had a heart attack, Brother Williford, you remember that night? Preaching a week of youth meeting at your church and Brother Becton came in and scared me to death. And all these people that are here tonight, what a high privilege to be here. I wanna say it again and I'm free from any type of flattery or posturing myself. I want to I rehearse the fact that without debate or discussion, we have the greatest preachers, teachers, spiritual leaders on the planet. It's a fact. Apostolic men, women that we can trust. Thank you for the high privilege of being here. I'll hasten to my thought tonight, but I, I did want to say, you know, I am privileged to speak in a lot of places far beyond my deserving, but I'm thankful for the opportunity to be there. But tonight is one of my most challenging moments. And uh, because I'm preaching Urshan College, so I realize the place will be filled tonight with sanctified brains. And there's intelligence flowing in this room, especially among the Bible college kids. They know everything. College kids know everything. They have it all figured out. And so I, I sought the Lord about helping me with my uh, intimidation factor tonight to stand here before such a witty bunch of smart, intelligent people. So I, I prayed a little prayer that I've never prayed before to ask the Lord relative to this night. Here's my prayer. And Lord, I'm not asking for much. But please make me supremely confident, phonetically impeccable, exegetically immaculate, historically meticulous, emotionally powerful, culturally relevant to a contemporary society. And preferably do that on the 20th of this month. And now I feel better after praying that prayer. I do have a great passion for our youth, a great vision for our youth, and I'm very jealous over them because of what they have to offer to the kingdom of God, both presently and futuristically. Matthew chapter 13, verse number 7, I will preach tonight. Matthew chapter 13, verse number 7. Thankful for the privilege of standing here, and I'm humbled by the opportunity. Matthew 13 and 7, one verse of Scripture. And some fell among thorns, and the thorns sprung up and choked them. And some fell among thorns, and the thorns sprung up and choked them. I want to preach to you tonight on the subject, the consequence of an overcrowded life. The consequence of an overcrowded life. Put your Bible down and give the Lord a hand clap for who you are, where you are right now. Praise God. You may be seated. You must indulge me just a moment to greet the four students that are here from Temple of Pentecost, Raleigh, North Carolina. Your local church and your parents greet you tonight in the name of the Lord. We have four here. We have others dispersed across the colleges. And I've always believed that the credibility, the viability, or the measuring litmus stick of a successful church, if you would call it that, is not bodies on the pews, but hands in the harvest. And we must be training, equipping, and releasing for the kingdom of the Lord. So with great excitement and deep admiration, I want to plainly and publicly proclaim the apostolic church is presently enriched with the most brilliant, incredibly gifted, and highly skillful young ministers in the history of the New Testament church. I rise to represent the elders of this hour, and I firmly tell you, don't let anybody tell you that we're your adversary. Don't let anybody tell you we're your opposition. You do not have to fight us to get in the will of God. You do not have to overcome us to be mightily used for God, because we're jealous for you. We want your gifts. We want your talents. We want the skillfulness that God has given you for His kingdom, His cause, his name, and for this present-day apostolic revival. And everybody said amen. Amen. With that visible reality very plainly seen by the church, but not only the church, the world sees it, and the devil sees it, our youth face the greatest challenge and the greatest battle of all generations. And they have to win that battle to attain an apostolic ministry. We are here to declare to you that you have an unprecedented battle before you, but the Holy Ghost is going to give you victory. Amen. A few years ago, well, a number of years ago, God gave me a prayer that I pray over our children. It started out on Saturday nights just praying for my personal grandkids. I'm on the platform, and they come up, tap me on the shoulder. I pull them close to me. Now it's not only my grandkids. It looks like Santa Claus at Christmas. When you come to prayer meeting in Raleigh on Saturday night, they're lined up. One by one, some of them are in this college preparing for ministry. Others are in other colleges preparing for ministry. But one by one, I pull them close to me. And I mingle my tears with their tears. And I pray over every one of them the very same prayer. God, give them gifts, talents, expertise, and abilities that will horrify hell and honor heaven. So I come to this meeting tonight to bless you in the name of the Lord and pray that God will give you gifts, talents, expertise, and abilities that will horrify hell. I want to raise up some preachers that will be hell's worst nightmare. Preachers of the gospel that will be flaming evangels of truth but I need to identify your enemy. Your enemy is not demons and devils in this present moment. Your greatest battle will not be in spiritual warfare. I will expose to you my thought right now. You must battle stuff. Stuff. And the lust, the Bible says, for other things. It is the entanglements and bondage of what the Bible calls the beggarly, Elements of this world. I have prayed for a special anointing both tonight and throughout this meeting. That as men of God minister, as our superintendent alluded to, there will be an anointing to come into this place. That will not only break yokes, but it will destroy yokes. I must liberate you from the entanglements and the bondage of the beggarly elements of this world. you got to know God's got something bigger for you in mind. God's got something better for you in mind. God's got something greater for you in mind. God wants you to be a world changer. He wants you to bring revolution and revelation and a radical revival to your generation. Clap your hands and shout amen. So here's your challenge. Here is your challenge. It is an unprecedented hour. It's not the absence of opportunity. It's the abundance of opportunity. It's a, it's a temptation to be consumed with the involvement and investment in lesser causes. It's things and stuff that have overcrowded lives that restrict Prohibit and limit the ministry and the call of God and the power of God being productive in your life. There was nothing wrong with the soil in my text, there was nothing wrong with the seed. The problem was it was overcrowded, it was choked in an overcrowded condition. So, we must tonight recognize as apostolic ministers, it's no longer this and that, it's this or that. And so we come to a moment of decision as to who we're going to be and as to what we're going to be in the kingdom of God. Your enemy is the entanglements of this beggarly elements. I like that word beggarly because the world is literally begging for you. They recognize everywhere. I'm not just talking parenthetically. I'm talking in reality. We raise the smartest kids. We raise the most talented kids. We raise the most gifted kids. You put them in a school, they rise to the top. You put them in business, they rise to the top because they are anointed and they are favored of the Holy Ghost. But I'm preaching to you, we want your gifts here. We want your talents here. We want your ministry here. We want God to use you here. So the problem was that it was in an overcrowded Condition. I have observed that in the earthly ministry of Jesus, the greatest op- obstacles in opposition to his miracles was that many to receive their most desperately needed miracle, healing, or deliverance, it was, it was the opposition of overcrowdedness. It was an overcrowded situation. The woman with the issue of blood faced the same challenge, seemingly, that Donald Trump faces. She had problems with the press. It was an overcrowded situation. Zacchaeus was in an overcrowded situation. He was shortened, couldn't see, had to go out on a limb in order to see Jesus. The one that was born of four friends faced a mission that appeared impossible due to overcrowdedness. In every instance, it was an overcrowded situation that warred against them. But as you look at that story, let me help you to stay focused. There's four H's in that story of the overcrowded condition of the one born of four. And that is there was the helpless. There was the helpers. There were the hinderers. But the main thing is there was the healer. And so you must not be consumed by the helpless or the hinderers. Stay focused on the healer. Perhaps the most famous but anonymous innkeeper missed his marvelous moment of involvement in redemption's grand story because there was no room for Mary, Joseph, and the prophesied Christ because he was in a sold-out state of overcrowdedness. It was overcrowdedness that was his challenge. We are prophetically postured for the greatest revival and outpouring of the Spirit The world has ever known. It is unprecedented in history what God is doing now and is going to enlarge upon. But it will only happen to those and where they make room for it to happen. There must be room made when Jesus came to where The daughter of Jairus was dead, and the music makers were there, and the room was jam-packed. He started casting out people. He caused them to leave, and after the crowd had been minimized, he made room for a miracle. I rise to preach to you tonight that perhaps one of our greatest personal needs is, here we are approaching the spring. We need a good spring house cleaning. I am convinced our spiritual houses need a good spring cleaning. Many have become cluttered, packed, stacked with a trivial, insignificant, carnal, worldly, and temporal until they are choking us to death spiritually. We need to make room for the supernatural power of God in our lives. Our lives are overcrowded with other things. Other things, other things, politics, positions, power, preeminence, prosperity, and pleasure. But Jesus said it very well to all of us in John 18 and 8. He said, if therefore you seek me, if it's me you won't, then he said, let these go. If it's me that you really want, then there's going to be some things you're going to have to let go of because you can't have me and them. I'm here to challenge you to deliver yourself from that overcrowded situation. Mark 4, 19, and the cares of this world and the deceitfulness of riches and the lust of other things. Entering in, choke the word, and it becometh unfruitful. Everybody shout, overcrowded. No room for prayer. No room for fasting. No room to teach home Bible studies. No room for personal evangelism. No room for involvement in the local church. No room for participation. Not even room for faithful church attendance. The challenge of this generation is to make room in our lives. We are too overcrowded. 1 Samuel chapter 10 and 22. When Samuel was ready to anoint Saul to be king, they could not find him because the Bible said he was hidden among the stuff. God was ready to anoint him, but he could not be anointed because he was covered In stuff. When God is ready to invest in us and involve us, it is imperative that we must not be secluded in the stuff. There was and there is an apostolic anointing awaiting those who can escape the stuff. Your greatest battle is not demons and devils. It's stuff and things that you must come away from and separate yourself unto God. It must be a priority. It must be a preeminence. It must be a preference. It must be a divine selection that you choose God above all of it. Somebody shout hallelujah. Hallelujah. Paul revealed the secret of his successful apostolic ministry in Philippians 3 and 13 when he just said one thing. One thing I do. I have a dear friend. Most of you know him. He's a mighty man of God. Brother Gordon Mallory has become a good friend of mine in the late few years. Brother Mallory spent a while instructing at Jackson College. While he was there, that unique character of our history, Brother Alan Oggs, was like the dean of students. And Brother Mallory told me the story. Might have been when you were there, Brother Bernard, same time. That uh, I'm, I'm going to shock y'all now. I know this is going really, to really challenge your faith in the call of God. But these Bible school boys got into a food-throwing contest. <laughs> Perish the thought. They got to throwing food in the cafeteria. And so Brother Oggs was over the students. And so he found out who started the food fight. And Brother Mallory told me that he called him into his office. I'll say his last name is Johnson. I don't know who it was. He had him across the desk from him, and the boy was trembling as though he were standing before the great Sanhedrin. And Brother Og said to him, "Son, I have to ask you one question, son. Do you want to be a corn dog thrower, or do you want to be a preacher?" Somewhere along the course of your years you're going to have to decide do you want to be a corn dog thrower or do you want to be a preacher? And I got news for you right now. There is a treasure in that preaching field but it's going to take everything you've got to get it. It will take 100% selling out to God to take the treasure of apostolic anointing and revival home with you. But I've got a good word for you. The treasure is worth everything you've got. It will be worth everything you've got. so I just ask you, do you want to be a coin dog thrower or do you want to be a preacher? The widow woman mentioned in 2 Kings chapter 4 properly postured, positioned, and placed herself for a supernatural manifestation of God. When in answer to the prophet's question In 2 Kings 4 and 2, what hast thou in the house? What do you have in the house? I'm in dire, desperate straits. I have need. And the prophet said, you need to focus on what's in the house. The answer is in the house. I want to preach to our youth that are before me. You don't have to run all over the country searching for some lucky 4 leaf clover or magic rabbit's foot or some bottle of potion that's going to turn you in to a mighty man of God. What you need is in this house. It is in this house. Truth is in this house. The power's in this house. The blood is in this house. The name is in this house. What you need is in the house. Her response was both perceptive and pivotal when she answered thine handmaid hath not anything Save, save, a pot of oil. Save a pot of oil. I want to emphasize tonight that everything can go, but the oil must stay. The oil is the power of the Holy Ghost. The oil is the glory of God in our midst. The oil is apostolic anointing and authority. And thank you, Bishop, for confirming the fact it's no time for us to sit on a bar stool in front of a congregation and exchange ideas relative to the world. We need an anointed man of God with a message from heaven. Preaching is still in style. Preaching still works. When everything else fails, preach. When the choir can't bring it, preach. When the testimony can't bring it, preach. When nothing else will work, preaching still works. She said, I have nothing. I love the English language. Save. All I have is a pot of oil that I saved. I saved the oil. When your house has been cleaned and there's nothing left but oil, you're ready for a divine demonstration. Now, if you know anything about economically downsizing, that means you're in financial trouble and you have got to get rid of some of your toys and some of your stuff. You always start with the least valuable and work toward the most highly treasured. You get rid of the trivial first. Then you move to the treasured, You know, it's your children's toys you sell first. (laughs) My son-in-law, my grandkids, their house looks like toys are us. But after a few months, if they don't play with them, he has them out in the front of the yard for sale. The toys go first. And then, it's your wife's stuff. Right? And then eventually you get to the four wheeler. Eventually you get to the rifle. So everything goes in order of its preeminence. What I'm saying to you tonight this little woman was not whining or throwing a pity party, she was showing a priority. Nothing else mattered. Nothing else was necessary. Everything else can go. But I gotta come out of here with the oil. I have to keep my oil. I wanna say to you tonight, whatever you go through, come out with the oil. Whatever you learn, keep the oil. Whatever battle the devil takes you through, come out with the oil. Whatever valley you walk through, come out with the oil. Whatever tragedy, come out with the oil. I must keep the oil. Many, many years ago, I went through a deep, dark dungeon of disappointment. A trial that I never saw coming, a conflict I would never have imagined. But in the very deepest, darkest part of it, my personal prayer to God was this all that matters, God, I don't care what people think about me. It matters not so much what my organizational friends think about me, but God, when I come out of this, I gotta come out with the oil. I must preserve the anointing of the Holy Ghost. There is nothing more precious in your life than the anointing of the Holy Ghost in your life. And you've got to save,
1: save the oil.
0: Thank God for the train choirs, but they're not a necessity. Thank God for eloquent pulpiteers, but that's not a necessity. Thank God for lovely carpet, but it can go. Steeples can go. Chairs can go. Theater lights are beautiful. I love them, but we don't have to have that. The best of sound systems, our most elegant mansions of churches, all of that is of little significance if we don't come out with the oil. I'm telling you, we've got to save the oil. Don't let anybody dump Pentecost down. Don't let anybody calm the wind. Don't let anybody exhaust the fire. Don't let anybody destroy the supernatural. When we come out of here, we've got to maintain the oil of the anointing of the Holy Ghost. Stand up and clap your hands to the Lord right now, would you? Get all the degrees you can get. But save the oil. Get all the training you can get. But save the oil. She said, Sir, I have not anything in my house. But what I saved was the oil. And you know the end of that story? What she saved, saved her. What she saved, saved her. So tonight, we're going to pray a prayer right now. And I'm mainly focusing on our college students. There's so many voices going to call. There's so many opportunities going to make their bid. There's so many promises that are going to come your way. Voices on every hand, calling, searching, pulling, soliciting, reaching. Come with us and we can do this. Give yourself to me and I can make you this. But make up your mind tonight. I'm not going anywhere. I can't take my all. I have to save the oil. If you're a student under the sound of my voice tonight, lift your hands right now. In the name of Jesus, by the anointing of the Holy Ghost that's in this room right now, I rebuke the beggarly elements of this world. I rebuke the passion and lust for increase. That will choke the seed of the word. That will choke the ministry. That will choke the call of God. That will choke the will of God. I rebuke that in the name of Jesus. I pray the liberating power of the Holy Ghost will break every yoke, loose every life, set free every student until when they walk out of here. They will have nothing in their hands greater than the anointing of God. ministry to move through this altar right now and rebuke
1: the lust we'll of other things. Of rebuke on the stuff. We take authority firm, over the stuff. We take authority over the things will that will
0: choke the call of God.
1: We rebuke the stuff that will kill the call of God. And will that will hinder revival in their lives. That will restrict them. Will oh God. There's nothing greater than the anointing.
0: There's nothing more powerful than the anointing. There is nothing more necessary than the anointing. There is nothing we've gotta have more than the anointing oil in our midst. Surrender yourself. yourself,
1: yield yourself, release it, Jesus said if you're seeking me, if
0: you're seeking me, let these go,
1: lift your hands right now.
0: under the sound of my voice if you're kneeling rise if you're before me hear me I want you to lift your hands right now every one of you and say I surrender God deliver me from the stuff deliver me from the things and the lust of other things that will destroy the call of God that will choke out the will of God I surrender myself to you right now Lord that's it. Put your hands up. Surrender to him. Yield to him. Lift your voice out loud. I rebuke the stuff. I
1: rebuke the things.
0: anointing sever
1: let the anointing release you